Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. What the f- I'm not going to swear. Don't want really to give YouTube an excuse to just press that big old red delete button, do I? Oh my word. Wow. Well, quite a sensational um, development, not in a good way, in the left media ecosystem when our comrades in arms, Navara, this morning found that their entire YouTube channel, without any build up, without any warning, was just summarily deleted, gone, poof, gone, disappeared, vanished. No explanation uh, of any meaningful description. Now, this is pretty alarming. Now, after uproar, it should be said, they are back, for those wondering. Navara are back in business, baby. But only because of a mass uproar, which I should say was not just confined to the left, because anyone with any sense who has who cares about media, independent media in this country and abroad and doesn't want tech companies arbitrarily just deciding to just switch entire media organizations off without any accountability, expressed their extreme discomfort. Now, I'm not going to now talk uh, much longer, just to say, normally I tell people when they're watching on the face on Facebook, because obviously this is broadcast on Facebook as well, to hit the YouTube link. Some of you might feel reluctant to do that now, but obviously it's quite helpful for us to hold YouTube to account, because that's what we're going to be talking about. What does this mean? The lessons, the disturbing lessons that have to be extracted from this, the big disturbing questions about media freedom that this raises. So it's helpful to have that on YouTube. So do click on the YouTube link, press like, that gets the algorithm going. So more people on YouTube will watch us critiquing the YouTube system um, and model. Uh, And do press subscribe. And when you're done, after all this, of course, go and subscribe to Navarra Media, who are back. Uh, I do support, obviously, left media by, in our case, on Patreon to do our documentaries on YouTube before we're shut down and use Super Chat to put questions to our two brilliant guests who I'm now just going to bring in because I can see they're here, the wonderful, incredible Ash Sarkar and Michael Walker, who are back. You're back, baby. We're back. Look at you, Mike. Back, 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 back again. What a way to celebrate being on your YouTube channel. I know. <laughs> this is quite a... That's quite an emotional moment, I have to say. I just thought, I just thought you guys would just disappear forever. And I mean, it's been a stressful yeah, morning. Just talk us through it. It was the kickoff. Who? What the hell? How did you just suddenly find out your entire YouTube channel had been deleted? And then, what the hell went through your head? Just a basic human question, I suppose. Well, what happened was our head of video, Gary, saw an email from YouTube saying uh, that there had been a breach of community guidelines. Now, there was no thorough explanation of what those guidelines were. And we're fairly confident about our content. All right. We operate um, being fully regulated by Impress, which obviously has tighter guidelines than YouTube because we've got to make sure uh, that we're accurate, that we operate within fair dealing. So that's the stuff which copy, which covers copyright law. And that also we, you know, don't libel people willy nilly. I mean, you know, 
what are we, Julie Birchill? Um, so we we were fairly confident that we hadn't done anything which would have constituted a breach of those community guidelines. And so we were obviously incredibly puzzled. We'd had no warning and there wasn't any sufficient explanation being given by YouTube. Now, we also were fairly confident that we haven't breached any hate speech guidelines, that we haven't you know, committed incitement. We also hadn't been platforming or endorsing anti-vaxxers, which we know are a particular concern for YouTube at the moment. So we were just left in the dark. We had you know, been robbed of our account, all those videos that we'd put up, all of those tiskies, which have been masterminded and you know, put together lovingly by Michael Walker. And we just had the same means of appeal as anybody else, which was appeal to an anonymous email. So the only thing we had kind of at our disposal was calling on our supporters and not just people who support us because they actively like our politics or personalities, but anybody who thinks that whether or not they agree with our politics or whether or not they like our personalities, that we are a legitimate part of uh, the public arena, that we are a part of civil society, that we are providing a service by engaging young people who have been alienated and disengaged from legacy outlets by keeping them informed with high quality information and analysis, that all those people did come out and start, you know, using the hashtag reinstate Navarra. There were people from other media outlets who were putting quite difficult questions to YouTube's press team. And I think that that's what caused them to do that. 180 and say oh we've made a mistake but also even as they reinstated our account we have had no explanation for who made the decision how it was made and how it came to be overturned and that's important not just for us but for any media organization or any individual creator who's putting their stuff out on youtube there should be transparency over how these processes work michael i mean as I says, you're regulated by Impress, so you actually have more regulation than almost any actual main, what was termed mainstream media outlets in the country. But also, I think the other point to make is, if you're on the left, you get another form of regulation because everything you say or do or tweet is so unbelievably heavily scrutinised. Uh, you know, the tiniest little things, that, I mean, we are essentially, all of us, everything we say or do is heavily scrutinised on a daily basis. But if there were some genuine community guideline violations of any meaningful sort on your video content, it would be going viral and condemned on social media. So in, every, in a sense, it's like a triple lock, isn't there? What possible community guideline violations could they even be talking about? Yeah, I suppose a couple of things worth mentioning. So on, on the community guidelines... I was off, you know, when, you know, people were sort of messaging me on, on, on WhatsApp, you know, have you been, have you been told you've broken them before? You know, people who are, I suppose, a little bit tentative about, are we going to support them and find out that they've got this huge mass of warnings going on in the background? As far as I understand, we've, we, we've been charged with breaking a community guideline once. It was for spreading anti-vax propaganda. We appealed it because what we were actually doing was showing a video of some anti-vaxxers and debunking what they were saying. So that breach was withdrawn. Now, when that that breach happened, to be honest, that one's more understandable. You know, they saw an anti-vax video, their algorithm, whatever. They didn't take down our, our YouTube video. They said, this seems a problem to us and gave us a chance to respond. That's what we did. That's the only time, well, we didn't break the community guideline because it has been struck off. Other than that, no complaints whatsoever. One other thing I think that's worth mentioning because people, I've, I've had a couple of tweets, why don't you just wait and see? Why don't you just wait to get their response? The email you get back from, from YouTube, which again is very, very, um, you know, boilerplate, 
it doesn't seem like there's a human on the other side of that that email. It seems like you know there's just a template that they're using. It says you might have to wait two days. Um, you, you should expect to wait at least two days for your appeal to be heard. Now, I worked out this last month, we've had 64,000 views a day. We've got a, a show coming out tomorrow at 7pm. We had three clips scheduled for today. So for them to just say, oh, well, well, we'll arbitrarily take down your channel. In two days, we'll, we'll have another look to see what's what's happened. That would have been disastrous for our channel. So that is why I think it was so helpful for us to have that outpouring on on social media because i presume that's that's what sped up the process ash do you think part of this could be vexatious complaints youtube being you know being spammed basically with vexatious complaints by our many mutual political opponents i mean i wouldn't like to speculate and of course without a proper explanation from YouTube speculation is all we have. Sure. So the thing that I would say is maybe it's the result of vexatious complaints. Maybe it's the result of people uh, sort of, you know, spamming uh, YouTube complaints with, you know, stuff which is completely, you know, fatuous or false. But the fact is, if you're taking down an account of our size, you know, we've got over, you know, 100,000 subscribers, we've done very well, and this mostly due to Michael Walker's very hard work. Um, <laughs> That, there that, will be a human making that decision, right? That there, there, there will be somebody along the chain who's looked at that and made a decision. Now, obviously, there's room for human error, but then I want to know what are the criteria being used uh, to make a decision about who gets their channel suspended? So even if there are vexatious complaints, that shouldn't be enough to result in just unilaterally taking down somebody's YouTube channel. I mean, it gets worse. Particularly if they're a news organisation. Michael Walker has now been frozen. He just froze. <gasps> so the sinister campaign continues. The hand of big tech continues. And I've just spotted that my cats are uh, taken off his cone of shame after uh, being neutered. So It's been a very stressful day in the Asaka household as her beloved cat, <laughs> who I'm a bit annoyed about because in terms of competing for the cute socialist cat demographic, You've kind of invaded my territory. Ash, can you hear me? Yes, Ash. So just quickly, on in terms of the wider, and maybe let me put a provocative question. A provocative question. And and Michael, I can see Michael has returned after once again being censored by Big Tech. It took me a while to realise I'd frozen. Then I realised it it frozen me in a really um no, you, uh, you... Un, unkind image. Sort of it was meditating. It was you like you're meditating. Yeah, maybe. yeah, just sort of phase in. Phase in. To, to, to both of you, now, let me put a provocative question. Some might go, oh, oh, now the left's complaining about cancel culture. Now you're talking about big tech. Uh, didn't, didn't, what about Donald Trump? Might not like the guy. He's a big old raging racist, as you say it. But is it right? Big tech can just press those big red buttons and turn everyone off. What would we say Look, for that? I mean I, I, I've, I've actually got a lot to say on this. So one, this isn't an example of cancel culture. When people are talking about cancel culture, what they're talking about are the informal mechanisms of outrage, which either then serve to curtail somebody's access to a platform or have them being sanctioned in some other way, like losing their job. All right. Now, we've actually had some really, I think, quite critical discussions about cancel culture where we've talked about the fact that, you know, it doesn't exist necessarily in the way that the right seem to be using it. Right. Which is somebody's been cancelled the minute they're being criticised. That's not cancel culture. That's 
called the marketplace of ideas. But we have also talked about, well, where are the limits in terms of being able to expect somebody to lose their job um, because they've said something which is transphobic or they've said something which is racist? You know, there is not, I think, a clear and easy line here. And it is something that should be uh, critiqued and negotiated and, and careful attention paid. I think that's perfectly fine. Um, what we're talking about here is the stranglehold, effectively, that big tech platforms have over journalism and the public sphere. Now, doing something like getting rid of Donald Trump's Twitter, it wasn't done lightly, and it certainly wasn't done early in his presidential career. It was right at the end when you could see that there was direct incitement to acts of uh, terrorism and also the misinformation regarding the election result. So there are tensions between the safeguarding of democratic processes and allowing just anybody to, you know, say what they like, particularly if they've got big platforms. And these are careful balancing acts. These are very careful balancing acts, because on the one hand, um, of course, an elected president should be allowed to have access to social media. On the other hand, what are they using that social media for? Is it essentially weakening or is it is it um, undermining democratic norms? Again, difficult questions. What's happened here is that an unaccountable tech giant has been able to shut down a regulated media outlet. So it's not as if we have been guilty of incitement. It's not as if we have breached uh, any legal guidelines on um, hate speech, or racism, or transphobia. It's not as if, you know, we'd also been breaching YouTube's own community guidelines. What this was is a, I think, very flimsy an unreliable process of decision making where there's been a human error somewhere down the line and that's been able to essentially take the legs out from under an otherwise you know fully regulated and uh, legitimate media organization so these things are different i'm not saying that there aren't you know serious problems and questions posed by uh you know donald trump's twitter being suspended and i think these are questions which should be engaged with but this is also quite obviously a different thing that's going on uh we have not sought to undermine the result of any democratic election not even 2019 which really you know <laughs> I, I would not... love to undermine that result but, but we didn't do it yeah we didn't coordinate a revolutionary uprising and more is the pity michael in terms of the kind of demands i suppose or where this feeds into what the left should be calling for because what this does underline is i mean we see this sometimes when for example with what's happened various everything goes down at the same time you can see how infrastructure that has become essentially the glue that holds society together suddenly disappears but in this case as the left we are dependent on platforms which are monopolized by tech giants who are not our friends to put it mildly. So what does this mean in terms of calling for reform, the sort of demands we should be making? Yeah, I suppose I think going back to the, you know, relating it to the previous question, I mean, I often, you know, if people regularly watch the show, I often do think the left can be too censorious on, on, on certain issues. But we do, so I don't think the cancel culture thing is entirely made up. I think it's massively overblown. That's how I'd put it. But in, in terms of how this relates to, say, someone like Alex Jones getting his YouTube channel taken down, what I'd say is we need to make a distinction between being pro or anti-regulation and being pro or anti-corporate power. Because a left-wing demand isn't to say nothing should be regulated. I, I think we should regulate the media so that untruths aren't, aren't shared far and wide. Obviously, there, there are going to be some blurry boundaries. You, I think you should definitely err on the side of caution when it comes to regulation. You don't want to provide some super high burden of proof that anyone needs to, to report on anything. But at the same time, if you're saying the vaccine's you know, inject Bill Gates program 
into you, whatever. I haven't watched Alex Jones in a while. If you're saying something that's that far out and that has some real life damaging consequences, then if there was a democratically, you know, if we imagine the regulator that we'd like, which would be democratically occult, controlled, it wouldn't be beholden to corporate power. I think it probably would allow Navarra Media and it probably wouldn't allow Alex Jones. It would also allow shed loads of YouTube channels I hate because they're not the same politics. But I think you're drawing the line at when it's active misinformation, which has disastrous consequences. We're very confident that we've never done that. Um, and obviously, you know, when Alex Jones gets taken down, we don't say, wicked, it's so amazing that YouTube has all of this power. We said, well, in an ideal world, we'd want there to be a democratically controlled regulator, which would um, stop, you know, wild racist conspiracy theories being being disseminated. It's unfortunate that it's YouTube that does that. We would like to take that role away from YouTube and give it to a democratic regulator. So it's that, you know, I, I don't think the, the free speech versus non-free speech argument really captures the situation we found ourselves in this morning. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Just finally then. How can people support Navarra now? Well, let's just use this as an opportunity to just go on about how great Navarra is. Might as well. I'm proud. Kind of, I mean, look, it's going to help, isn't it? I bet now you're going you're gonna to get a surge of subscribers. Look, I mean, they've shot this, you know, in terms of kind of, because I remember, unfortunately, talk radio got taken off probably because they were violating certain obvious standards, not like, not least in terms of misinformation on the pandemic. But it, I mean, it, it, it did help them, didn't it? So let's, let's just make hay with this. In terms of, uh, kind of Navara, to the sort of content that you're most proud of, that you think is causing a bit of a stir. What are you most proud of? What should people be supporting Navara for? What kind of unique role does it have, which is in a in the corporate landscape we have, makes it so required to subscribe to? Well, look, if you want to support us, and I really think you should, you should go to navara.media forward slash support. We are almost entirely funded by our subscribers and we don't have a paywall because um you know we're socialists and communists and we think most things should be free um so please if you think that what we're doing is important if you've found anything valuable in our work go to navarra.media forward slash support because we're not backed by big oligarchs we're not backed you know by huge advertisers or sponsorships we have a little bit of grant funding and that's it the rest is 100 from our audience and what i'm proud of i would say 
is the variety of our offering. You've got somebody like Michael Walker, who if there's any justice in the world, you know, he would be presenting Newsnight one day, which is, you know, his Tisky Sour, which, you know, it has a ridiculous name, but it's been one of the most serious uh, sources of analysis and rigorous critique throughout this pandemic. And I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. I'm saying that because people have come up to me and told me that. There is a certain... Um, ferocity in the way that Michael, you know, interrogates orthodoxies and the way in which, you know, you have taught yourself to understand data and to become, you know, a kind of jobbing epidemiologist and also bringing on expert voices because you know just how important quality information analysis is. And so that's the offering of Tisky, which I really do think is a sort of absolute mandatory watching if you're somebody who's interested in current affairs and that's because you know what I like about Michael and his way into things is that in some ways you're, you're profoundly unideological in some ways you're the least ideological out of all of us and you will just interrogate what's in front of you so that's the offering that we've got with Tisky, which is sort of you know day-to-day news everything you need to know about what's going on and then you've got something like Navara FM which has been the baby of James Butler uh you know Navara FM takes ideas history and political economy incredibly seriously you know you are essentially sitting in a graduate seminar except you know you don't have to be in tens of thousands of pounds worth of debt in order to sit in there um navara fm was the very first thing that we did as an organization and it was kind of you know out of this tradition of you know radical autodidacts and and what i love is that you know you've got that kind of current affairs news media over here and you've also got something which is you know a lot more intellectually rigorous and demanding and then in between you know you've got me Aaron doing video you've got an incredible offering from our articles team as well I know we've been focusing on YouTube but the articles team really do deserve a lot of love for what it is they're putting out it started out just as comment pieces because they were cheap and now we're doing long reads we're doing reporting we're doing investigations all of that is made possible solely by our audience and again this is why i think it's so worrying that an american uh tech platform has been able to even temporarily censor regulated journalism Mm -hmm. because we're not just popping opinions into the atmosphere we do do an awful lot of that we're a serious media outlet we want to do more news we want to do more reporting we want to do more investigations we're doing those things all the time and youtuber is a really core way through which we attract an audience by which we can then fund this kind of much meatier news offering just finally actually i did realize i think it is relevant that we should just i should put this to both of you because ever since the horrific killing of a conservative member of parliament the other week there has been a discussion about the online sphere which i think has gone in slightly worrying directions not least for example talking about anonymous uh, accounts ab- the abuse and look all of us get abuse here in often horrific ways both i suppose all of us are homophobic and in the case of ash sarkar misogynistic and racist abuse from anonymous accounts and just account and just media organizations and non people who are quite happy to say it without with their full names and in your case ash uh having successfully sued one of them who then retains 
their bylines in the mainstream media. But the, it has, we have had this discussion about regulating the online sphere. Uh, you know, the government are talking about taking on Google and these well, government ministers or Tory MPs talking about taking them on. They're in quite a problematic direction, I'd say. So what would you both say about that, the way this conversation has been going in terms of the government and their upcoming online safety bill? What do you think, Michael? You know, you've caught me out because I don't know the details of what is in their online harm and safety bill. Um, but I mean, the conversation is completely ridiculous at, at this point in time. I mean, as, as we've talked about on our show, you've talked about on your show, the the two recent horrific killings of, of MPs that we've seen in the past six years had nothing to do with people being mean on Twitter. They were, they were two people who were highly, highly ideological mm-hmm. with extreme fascistic ideologies. We assume, I, I, you know, I should say, it, it seems... Um, in the case of, of the killer of David Amos, obviously we know that for sure when it comes to the killer of, uh, of Joe Cox. So, I, you know, it, it seems that uh, everyone's massively missing the point. Um, before we go to Ash, I just want you didn't give me a chance to shower Ash with praise. Oh yeah, good point. You yeah, 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 such a kind yeah. explanation of what yeah. Navarra Media is about. I'm not going to go into too much detail because Ash did such a good job. I'd say I'm only going to talk about the, the. Go check out the website. The articles are incredible. We've been putting out more and more higher, higher quality all the time. Brilliant. I'm going to stick to video because that's. You know, that's what was threatened today. And I'd say, why why I always tell people I think it works? Ash, Dahlia, Aaron, geniuses, visionaries. And then I'm I'm there to just say, like, you sure? Or there to be like the, the audience, you know, it's, does that does that much can you just make that a little bit clearer? And I, I you know, I'll I'll take the audience through step by step because you know, these guys can get out there with their genius, you know? Um, so so that's why you should check out Tisky Sour. Come come from come for Ash's genius and and then I'll hold it all together. Well, it's a it's it's a it's collective genius. You are the masters, so um, it's good to have you back. This this video, by the way, has been demonetized by YouTube. They just won't end, will they? Just, <laughs> just stop being dicks. Just stop it. I've just I've just requested a review. You got look. Just behave yourselves. Stop. Just stop messing around. Uh, we use our advertising revenues for our documentaries and to pay our brilliant team to do the work they do and YouTube obviously having a right on mad so we've requested a review on that one um look guys thank you both very very much uh, can I can I interrupt just very no, 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 quickly no, no. on anonymity I just yes, really want to talk about this yeah, very ahead. very quickly about um online anonymity so I do think that there are some problems posed by online anonymity when it comes to abuse but it's actually very small when you look at the number of people who are posting racist misogynist uh you know threatening or harassing tweets under their own names right and under uh, identifiable accounts so when you look at what happened uh, after the Euros final, which by the way still bothers me, um, you had 93% of the abusive tweets being sent from, you know, named accounts. So mm. you've got that 7% problem, and it is a problem. And in my own experience, what I find is that you have particularly, you know, dedicated full time racists who are just cycling through these pseudonymous accounts waiting for one to get suspended so they can leap onto another but that's actually a very small portion and when you look at those accounts they usually have ways of identifying themselves mostly for other racists and other trolls and other you know the hateful bigots uh where you know they will have as their handle something like and i'm actually quoting real one something like rape champ 1488 right now are you telling me that you need to ban anonymity in order for youtube uh, to be able to take action on an account which has got a you know Nazi 
code slogan of 1488 and it's called rape champ no i don't think you do need to ban anonymity to be able to do that there is enough within youtube's power to be able to take action on those you know really dedicated uh, anonymous accounts without having to ban blanket the principle of anonymity and this is i think something which is really important which is you can acknowledge the specific problems of anonymity and then what you can do is ask yourself the question of what is proportionate to solve the problem because what's proportionate is actually what's already in the hands of a platform like YouTube or a platform like Twitter. Nailed it. This is why you, this is why the virus is so important. Imagine these voices being stifled forever and their little faces purged from our little screens. I just wanted a day off today, mate. I was hoping that the suspension would be permanent and then suddenly I can get, get can a bit we, of a rest. We see my cat, Rickman, who's in a slightly uppity mood. Can we see at least your, can we get just a just uh, minor um, cat He's, uh, Musa. Musa. Musa's Musa. got the had the cone of shame on. Is that because he's, he's got had the his... cone of shame? He's actually he's curled up uh, with 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 my boyfriend at the minute. Yeah, he's he's still... had a traumatizing moments. He's still pretty. Um, I actually think he was the one behind this vexatious complaints, which got our YouTube taken down. I think this was vengeance of the cat. Um, Probably an old right cat. It's not well, you know, I gave him a good Arabic name, and he's turned out this way. Dreadful. <laughs> Mike, please one more thing as well, Owen. We are at, if if you want more content about YouTube and, and our experiences this morning, what it tells you about big tech politics, media freedom, we will be doing a, a um impromptu live stream on our channel at five PM um, well, today with me, Ash and Aaron and, and potentially some others. I will be watching. Um thanks so much for doing this at short notice during a very traumatizing day with a lot of adrenaline pumping through all of our veins. But it's a relief to have you all back and this resolved. And thank you for Allowing us to use YouTube, even though they've demonetized our stream, to talk about to talk about the problems of YouTube's monopoly in this sphere. Lots of love, guys. I will speak to you both very soon. I will see you actually. Well, in fact, I'll just see you for drinks soon. Lots of love. See you in a Bye. bit. Thanks, Aaron. Um, yeah, cheers everyone for joining us for a very important and impromptu, cheeky little video. Um it is important to support left media because, as we know, we live in a country and a world in which most media outlets are run by corporate titans, billionaires, who obviously part of a vested interest, who have a vested interest in the status quo of which they directly profit and benefit from. So it's important that we have media outlets that can provide alternative views and give a voice to perspectives you will not hear because they challenge a rotten status quo from which media oligarchs profit from. Now, that is difficult because we don't, obviously, because chicken and exit situation, we don't have media uh, big billionaires backing us. So we have to make do with the support of yourself, which is far more important in order to make it possible. So do support Navara and Ash has explained how. Uh, do support us. We're making another brilliant documentary i can say that because i'm not editing and producing it our brilliant uh, team is um, and that's focusing on a working class community in south london which is facing terror the terrible consequences of another vested interest in the status quo property developers and you will hear their working class voices who do not get heard from enough in our barren media landscape so you can support that on patreon.com forward slash Owen Jones 84, that's how we made the Conservative Party conference video, which I'm still traumatized from, but you all had fun watching. The Labour Party conference, our videos on 
uh, precarious workers uh, during the pandemic, our videos in Batley and Spen and so on. That's all made possible by you. Uh, so thank you. I will thank also all the Super Chats people, Mellow Maggot, Ed Jervis, who says about Navara, this is a sign you are winning and pushing all the right buttons. Keep doing what you're doing. This is your remit to dial it up now. Drone Dude, Kieran Buckley, Oliver Kahn. Would the takedown have anything to do with covering Assange, they ask? It's a question worth asking. Navara did do a big piece on Assange and broadcast the Belmarsh Tribunal, which is putting the US on trial for war crimes in the war on terror. Tad Campbell, a regular solidarity with um, Navara Media. Glad the outrage machine can have a positive effect at times. Joking, the right really enjoyed this on Twitter. David Williams, support free open source and decentralized alternatives to Google, Microsoft, Apple, etc. And um, Max Madonna, Jamie Wilde, uh, Craig Berkey, who suggests, can the left crowdfund a bid for Channel 4? How much do we need? Let's get out from under the thumb of big tech. Let's buy Channel 4, guys. I'd love to do that. Might be tricky, but let's give it a go. Dalian Haynes, big up Michael and big up Navara. Amen. David Boata, would it be possible for Navara, Double Down News, my platform, and other left-wing YouTube channels to invest in an independent platform of their own as a just-in-case? <laughs> we may have to at this rate. Uh, Dizzy Rakhanov, so are you all in favour of David Chappelle's documentary getting a general release? Is he not part of the public uh, public sphere? Well, again, I mean, without going to that, I think Ash covered why well, that's a separate issue, just, in, just FYI. Thank you, everybody, so much for supporting us. As I've said, we will have our big documentary coming out uh, this week, hopefully, uh, which is, again, about a working-class community uh, and, the, and the terrible power of property developers and what that's done to that community. So do check out. That's, you've made that possible. So thank you, all of you, for that. Um, and as I say, on patreon.com forward slash ownjoes84, that's how you allow us to make those videos. And we've got loads of interviews coming up, including with John McDonnell, who was a Navarra. Maybe that's why they were take it, taken down. Let's see what happens. We'll interview John McDonnell and see if the channel gets taken down. Uh, but we've got lots of other interviews and videos coming up. So thank you, everybody, for joining us for an impromptu video on this. Um, and we will see you all very soon. Thanks for Michael, Ash. And do check Navara at 5 p.m. for their special live show following their temporary cancellation by Big Tech. Uh, do click the like button. Hit subscribe. Lots of love. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you found that informative, educational, uh, interesting, and I certainly did. Uh, do support us on Patreon to keep the show on the road. Uh- Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Leave us some stars. That'd be nice. Spread the word. And I look forward to speaking to you soon.